0: Hello, everybody! I am so excited to be coming into your ears uh, in between seasons here, because maybe you're a little surprised. You're thinking, Danielle, what what the heck are you doing here? And it's a really, really fantastic cue that I will now answer, which is we're re-releasing some of our favorite episodes, and I'm very, very excited for you to hear the first one that we're re-releasing with Sabia Wade. Uh, this episode is all about birthing liberation. And since we last spoke to Sabia, their book released, actually, very, very exciting. It's called Birthing Liberation, How Reproductive Justice Can Set Us Free, and it's available everywhere books are sold. I highly recommend that you subscribe to Sabia's Substack called The Birth Neoterist, where Sabia shares writings and conversations around the future of birth and reproductive health. Super interesting stuff. Uh, Sabia continues to offer doula trainings through their organization BADT, Birthing Advocacy Doula Trainings. And BADT works to bring necessary education to doulas that are seeking to go beyond the traditional doula role and into advocacy work for the communities that need them. And if this episode sparks your interest in becoming a doula professionally, check out BADT and their offerings. They have a 12-week online full-spectrum doula training that's now open for enrollment, so highly recommend you checking that out. Uh, But yeah, I remember feeling so comfortable with Sabia. I feel like I learned so much from them. And uh, if you haven't heard this episode, you're in for a real treat. So here I am with Sabia Wade. Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, consider joining my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind the scenes content, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of your favorite sex toy shops at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. Let's talk about a lube I absolutely love. Uberlube. Uberlube makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction, increasing pleasure. Whether you're using it for solo sex time, sex with a partner, or both, Uberlube has a long-lasting performance that lets skin feel skin. It has simple, body and condom-friendly ingredients, is scent and color-free, dissipates when no longer needed, so there's no sticky residue, and is recommended by leading doctors. Use code SexedWithDB for fifteen percent off at Uberlube.com. If you've been a longtime fan of Sex Ed with DB, you've definitely heard of Clona Willy. But if you're new here, let me fill you in. Clona Willy makes incredible DIY molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high-quality, 100% body-safe sex toy. And there are so many fun colors to choose from. Use promo code Sex with DB20 for 20% off at ClonaWilly.com, and follow them on Instagram at ClonaWillyKit. We talk a lot about sex ed, but when we're shopping for products to support our sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, we head to the experts at Lion's Den. Lion's Den is an adult retailer with 46 locations nationwide and hundreds of your favorite brands. They have everything you need to explore and express your sexual side. Right now, you can use code SexEd with DB for 15% off your purchase in store and online. Follow them on social media at Lion's Den Adult on IG and TikTok for exclusive offers, deals, and giveaways. Hello, Sex Ed with DB listeners. We have made it somehow to the end of the season. This episode is the last one of season six and what a fucking year it's been, huh? Um, Really intense, lots going on, Um, but we will keep fighting for reproductive justice and rights and abortion access and all the good stuff we've been fighting for. Um, Thank you all so much for tuning in over the past 20 episodes we will be back for another season starting october of this year so we're going to take the rest of the summer off um after this episode take a little break and we'll be back so please check us out on tiktok and instagram for more content and again thank you so much for listening for tuning in and i hope you enjoy the last episode of the season Good morning, Sabia. Welcome to the podcast. How is it going for you today? It's going It's going okay so far. That's good. That's good. Um any any notable thing how are you like what's up? What's new? What's, the, what's I think hacks? like
1: anytime like we like ask the question of like how are you or what's going on it's like always like what part of myself am I answering mm. to, you know? I'm like am I answering to like my personal self just like the Sabia ecosystem that's over here? Or am I answering to like the work that I do and the way of the world? Like, it's like, you know, because it's all connected to me, but I'm like, what am I answering to? So I feel like I'm doing well as a physical human being. um, And, you know, the world is burning and I'm in it. Yes, (laughs) I understand.
0: Yeah. So a lot, yeah, a lot comes up for you when that question is asked. I feel similarly when I've, I've been chatting with guests. It just feels like a particularly really uh, challenging time right now. Yeah. I think. And I think
1: like we have been in like a very challenging time for like the last two and a half, three years, right? Like I feel like. Yeah. Once we think we're out of the challenging time, then something else happened. we're like, okay, it's another layer added to this challenging, like what? So it like, to a certain point, you have to kind of separate yourself from the bigger thing in order to find like bright spots? (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I mean, I feel like, especially, you know, you are doing really, really important, like birthing justice, anti-racist work, reproductive health work. And uh, there are a lot of challenges in that world. And if you don't find the bright spots and don't feel like you are able to uh, see the good in things, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether that be in that chocolate bar that you're eating um, for dessert or like going on like you know an hour of you know meditation and just kind of like exactly deep breathing uh it's really important to reset so yeah anyway really glad you're here today (laughs) um you're actually going to be our our last episode of the season so we're really really excited to have you it's been a pressure is on. It is I'm not. Kidding. You got the. I'm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's going to be great. I'm really stoked. Uh, let's get started. Why don't you tell everyone who you are and uh, tell us about your work?
1: Yes. Uh, let's see. I'm Sabia. Rides with Labia. Um, <laughs> I am Black. I am queer. I am a lot of things, um, but... When it comes to this, like, what do I do, supposedly, um, I became a doula in 2015, Um, a full spectrum doula, meaning that I work with um, any reproductive um, health experiences with anyone. Um, And then I started that off in 2015 as a a prison birth doula. So I worked with incarcerated folks and formerly incarcerated folks. Did not know that this is going to be my life's work, I guess. Like I, like, like I knew that I loved it. Um, but I was like, I didn't necessarily see, you know how it is when you have a passion, but you're also trying to pay the bills, right? Like right. you're like, how does this correlate? Um, but now, uh, 2022, I'm the CEO of three birth-related businesses. Um, one is, uh, my nonprofit for the village. So that's in San Diego. We, um, bring community members in to be doulas and we train them and we they like take care of San Diego in a way that it's like amazing um and then I also have birthing advocacy doula trainings where we train doulas and birth workers all over the world and like socially conscious um full spectrum um you know reproductive health ways (laughs) And then also, I have myself. Um, and so I do like a lot of workshops around anti-racism, um, building new like models of care and reproductive justice, um, evaluating the current systems that we're in. I mean you can really, I go into liberation. I'm just all over the place. And then then I think you know I'll sum it up with also two other businesses. One is a trucking company, and one is a wine company. Whoa, that came out a lot. I did not anticipate those. Yeah, yeah. And it's all with the frame of justice in every single thing that I do. Um, And yeah, outside of that, like I'm an investor. I invest in people and businesses that I want to see in the future. Um, And I am if people are into to astrology and all that kind of stuff, I'm a double Sagittarius, Gemini moon. So I think that Sag, I'm like a, what is it called? A manifesting generator. Like I just have to be. When's your birthday? In the mix. November 25th. Okay. Mine's December 6th. So yes, I'm a Sagittarius. Like, yes. So, you know, like I love, I love what I do. I love feeling passionate about the work that I do, but I also need different avenues to do it like I can't just focus on one thing and I'd be like I need like I need to build systems <laughs> yeah and so, you have <laughs> yeah so so yeah I mean that's kind of a little summary of, of what I do I'm an author that's I'm trying to get used to that one you gotta practice that I'm an author because
0: that one's kind of new because you have a book coming out in March yes. 2023
1: yes and I have to like you gotta add it. like I'm a published author it's like the same yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> you have a very <laughs> long title. It is. That's why I'm like, I just, listen. you're like, who am I? I don't know. It's a lot. Um, what am I today in this feed? Yeah. But yes, I'm, I'm a lot of things, but
0: you know, at wow. the end of the day, I'm just Sabia. Oh, Sabia.
1: I am. That's a lot. You must
0: be very, very busy. Um, and yeah, clearly you're doing a lot of work that you very much are passionate about. I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about what it was like working with incarcerated people um, and doing work there.
1: Yeah. So for me, it like, so prior to being in um, dual work, I was working in the medical system. I was a nursing assistant. I thought I'd be a nurse practitioner. I thought like, you know, all the other great stuff. And as I was like continuing to work in medical systems for like Five or six years from like a nursing assistant position, um working a lot in hospitals, working with everything from you know strokes to gunshot wounds to organ transplants to freak accidents to like brain injuries, like all these things, and um, working in like set down ICUs, breathing machines, like just all this stuff. Mm. Um, I was like, this this shit is ridiculous. Like it just didn't make sense. Like I was like, okay, so this person's on a breathing machine. Right, which is like can't really get any like when I say lower, I mean like closer to death. That's what I mean. Right. Like you can't get any closer to death than like being on a breathing machine. Yeah. And like really needing assistance, like staying alive. You get what I'm saying? And like then, like we would cut they would have lunch or whatever if if they could eat. And it would be like the most like terrible food. And I'm like, if this person is close to death and we're trying to get them further from it we have to treat them holistically. Mm. Like it has to be good food along with medicine if that's what they choose to do. It has to be even like um, the therapist that was there, she would see clients like or patients like once a week, once every two weeks. I was like, there's no way that people are going through these traumatic experiences and only having one therapy session in a week. Like it's just not, what are we doing? Um, and, And then it was also these other inequities around like seeing like, differences between different treatment of different races not only from like the not necessarily always from like the nurse or the doctor but from their like actual systems that they're in like their health insurance what do they have covered their where do they live what are their do they They live in a food desert do they have access to things right do they have access to education to help themselves get better right like what are people um making space for like their ability to read or, or speak a different language or Whatever, right? Like it was just like all these things that I was seeing. And then I ran into dual work. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Hmm. So I was like, this is different. Like I get to like be my own person, right? Instead of like working for a system where I have to say what they want me to say, you know, like I have to follow the script or be scared that they're gonna fire me or I'm gonna get written up or something. So when I started working with the Prison Birth Project, um it was Totally different from from like just being in the medical spaces I was used to being in. But it was beautiful in the ways that it really, I personally have always had a philosophy around like, I'm not too far away from the person that I think is in like a misfortunate situation. So like, you know, a person who's homeless, I don't ever look at them and be like, they must have messed up. You know, they must have been so terrible. I'm like, I could do something and end up in that same position, right? Right? An addict like as someone who also has like a, like a lot of pain conditions, Mm. I'm like, and, and has been through a lot and that's a whole nother story, but I can see like how I could become an addict. Like, you know, like, I don't, I don't put it through my brain that there's much difference in people. So like when I started working with incarcerated folks and formerly incarcerated folks, it just felt like I was doing the work of like breaking down that, like wall of like this is incarcerated folks this is me right this is it's for, like it was just I was able to be in community um and then you know also learning all the things around reproductive justice and learning about the inequities for incarcerated people and learning about um you know addiction to drugs and like people's stories behind that like it was just it was an amazing time <laughs> and it's like also it's a very specific way to start this work. Yeah. um Because I didn't go into just like head first. Know. Yeah, like I, I went like all the way in. And it was like also, I didn't go into, you know, babies and picket fences and everything so great and everything like, because I was like, I, I understand that that's birth. You know, I, I used to watch a baby story when I was a, a youth and everything was like, you know, it was like, oh, this is great. This baby is born and the person has the baby and whatever. And it's like, no, like these people are incarcerated their baby is born who's the baby's going who's the baby going to what are they going to do when their their chest is engorged they're going like what is their postpartum depression looking like what mental health issues like it was a lot but (laughs) but it's a foundation to everything that I've done yeah wow
0: that's amazing I definitely want to look into that organization um I want to know like what let's go back. Like, I want to know what your sex ed was like growing up and like what originated like for you, if you had any like aha moments or like really, if this mainly started as you were mentioning, like as a nurse's assistant, like, was that really the the pinnacle?
1: No, I think like, so before, like I said, I, when I was like, I don't know, probably like 10, whatever the case is, I used to watch like all this medical stuff on TLC. (laughs) I knew that I wanted to be in the medical field. Like I don't know if I knew it, like if I had like said it to myself, but like my actions were for for sure, like watching the baby story, watching ER stuff, watching all its other chaos. Um, and then you know, you get to a point in your own body where people start pushing this information to you as like you're gonna have sex one day. And you're like, Am I? I are happening? you sure?
0: Wow, well, yeah. you know that? <laughs>
1: like, what is happening? um so like I feel like my my sex ed from that point which I think actually does impact the way that I kind of see the world um my mom like handed me like somebody's book and was like here's a book where you can learn about sex and like all the things and like masturbation and this and that whatever that's cool and so yeah so I was like okay cool like when mom was like here it is like I don't necessarily want to have like the talk with you but I want you you can figure it out (laughs) to to start like you know I know you got some questions and stuff even though I wasn't even interested in sex at that point like I wasn't even like I I was a late bloomer yeah I was a late bloomer in that way um but anyway so it was that then it was like you know regular like school education and then it's also like your friends having sex right and like doing things that you're like oh what what happened like really that's how it works um (laughs) and then also my mom like when I was like 13, 14, she took me to the clinic, like up the street from my house. And like, I went, like she basically, you know, the doctor, I didn't have to get examined or anything, but I like went in, she told me like how to like get birth control if I needed it, or like how to come to the clinic if I need. So it was like, I feel like my like sexual kind of education, if I think about who I am now and my mom and the way she handled it it was just like, here's information. I know that you're going to do what you're going to do. Like, I ain't going to sit here and say, like, you're not going to do this or you're not going to do that. Here's how to get birth control. Like, cause I think like, in a way, like my advocacy for things is like, in a way I love to inform people. It's like, you're going to do what you're going to do. Right. So let me like, here, here's the thing. Um, so yeah. So like sex ed for me was like kind of I want to say holistic and approach because it wasn't like I was just like going to school and learning things It was like my mom was like you good yeah anything you want to talk about sure but I really wasn't even interested right I didn't have sex until after high school yeah I mean I don't think
0: that's that like I don't think I wouldn't say that's abnormal like right yeah I mean
1: from where I was in my life okay (laughs) people were people were doing it okay you know maybe you were like late in your friend group or yes in my friend group I was definitely like late but also because I was like I was queer I didn't really know what was going on I was you know having relationships with boys or like you know cis men and I was like not it's like what is this whole thing that people are so like happy about I don't, I don't get it <laughs> like I'm and then, not into this yeah like I don't it's not really like it's not pulling me in you know sure where, like, my other friends were, like, oh, my God, and I was, like, (laughs) maybe. and then I started, like, dating women, and I was, like, oh, Oh. (laughs) okay,
0: (laughs) all right, I got it now, (laughs) (laughs) yes, oh, that's funny, Um, yeah, okay, thanks for sharing that, that's awesome, and, yeah, really cool that your mom was you know, not necessarily bringing out her chalkboard and being like, okay, here's the anatomy or whatever, but giving you resources, yes. telling you that she was there, like offering unconditional support. It sounds like, like, that's amazing to have a parent who is able
1: to provide that. For sure. And my mom is still the homie now, like all my friends, like, first of all, all, all my friends are just queer. We're just all very, some form of gay. <laughs> and so like mom, my mom, like I just bought her, like she was like, Can you buy me this coach bag? So she like sends it to me or whatever. And it's like some rainbow coach bag. This is in June, too. So like Pride Month is popping. Wow. You know? And so like she like gets her bag and she has her matching shoes and she was like, I'm I'm talking. This is my village. I'm repping for my village. Oh my we God, out I here. Love her. So my mom it's is massive. like very like she's an ally. <laughs> Incredible. We love, yeah. we love.
0: That's that's amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah. I never really felt like I had any not I mean yeah I don't know if I have any like quote-unquote like sexual shame or or Uh darkness I mean yeah of course coming out the closet was a thing Like coming out the closet was a thing but like I don't know it felt pretty it felt what's the word I'm looking for compared to what my other friends were doing back in the that was like the 90s early 2000s I felt like I was in a space where the access and information and support I had was probably like new to that era yeah there we go
0: for sure yeah like it was uh, I don't want to say like revolutionary for people to be coming yeah. out because people have been coming out for centuries in their own yeah way, whatever, whatever way was like appropriate but in-
1: you know it's like now like when <laughs> I see like kids now like kids like kids kids youth they're just like yeah they're just like out there is no announcement they're just like oh this is just what it is yes it is so interesting to me i as
0: like someone who teaches sex ed in the classroom and i talked about this on another podcast but basically like granted like with the acknowledgement that i'm in brooklyn and this was like a private middle school right so we had these Mm -hmm. kids are like coming from wealthy families and they have the privilege of being able to like do that and their parents are liberal x y and z That being said, they all, without prompting, are like, I'm bisexual and I'm non-binary and and they're like 11 years old. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, maybe you know those things. Maybe those labels are going to change. But also, like, we're talking about STI. Like, we don't need, like, let me teach you something before you, like, insert your all of your identities.
1: That is wild. I can't even it's wild yeah it's really and we're like not that much older than
0: them right like we're no we're not huge huge generation gap it's like oh in middle school for me in the early 2000s like it very much felt like oh like there maybe there was like one queer kid who is out or not out and like you know and not to say that was better obviously it's better to have kids who feel comfortable in their skin but what I feel nervous about is that these kids are going to go anywhere else and recognize that like there are people who are harmful and like maybe Mm -hmm. they feel strong enough in their identities to be like fuck you who cares I don't care what you think yeah and I hope so but like I feel concerned for young people who really have you know, wear everything on their sleeves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can, I can hear that. Cause I definitely think like with anything, right. Like anything that is not in dominant culture, um, you know, even as someone who how I'm 33, like, you know, there's like a level of assessment when I go from place to place, like me being black is not something I can hide. Right. So like, of course, <laughs> it is what it is. Here we go. Right. But even with that right there's this awareness of my blackness like okay should i go here you know like and anyone who's a person of color we know how that shit rocks like we're just like okay not the place for me like whatever but i think also this like assessment also kind of helps me to understand like where what am i going to utilize so like for example like i'm obviously queer and i whatever but i'm some presenting and i can present as straight if i need to right like people are just like oh you dressed like a girl quote unquote whatever so like there's a Time where like I'll just not tell on my business, right? Because I'm like, I'm gonna use this femme presenting privilege. I'm gonna because I'm I'm black too, so like you're already shocked by the blackness. I'm not gonna bring up the queerness. You get what I'm saying? Not double like, shocking me today. Yeah, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna bring up the kinky, the poly, the this. I I ain't doing all that because right. you're gonna you're gonna either. You might beat my ass for real. Like this is a danger that like existing right. in the world, right? So, I think like I get what you're saying in a sense of like, yes, being very proud of like who you are. But also, I think like um, maybe like older generations have this level of assessment that comes like first before right. we like, the you know, certain environments. Yeah. Like, and I'm from Jersey. So, like, I know like in Jersey, I have more freedom even in, you know, 80s, 90s, whatever, because North, South, you know, North part of the world or part of the US. But like in the South where I'm at now, it's like, I have to, even now I'm more, I'm more aware of like, where am I, am I in Atlanta or am I like in Georgia? You know I'm <laughs> really saying? important like, distinction. Yeah. Like where, where am I? Like, how do these parts play? And like, what do I, you know, and even like, I remember I had this shirt that said, you know, what I'm sure it say whatever the fuck it says. And my mom was like, you're just wearing that around. Cause like, in her generation, right. It was like, you're like wearing some shit on your chest like what do people feel away about this right right and so like it is like that level of awareness that we have to have for our own safety not because we're like hiding anything from anybody but more so like our own safety will somebody be here to protect me if shit gets crazy or gets wild like totally
0: absolutely yeah wow really interesting
1: moving, moving
0: and grooving, shifting gears. Yeah. I want to I hear about your uh, upcoming book. As you mentioned, you will be a published author uh, and your book is Birthing Liberation. And so I want to hear about like what the book is about. Like, well, obviously it's about birthing liberation, but like more than, more <laughs> than that.
1: Um, and just like some of the frameworks that you share in it. Yes. Yeah, so um, birthing liberation uh, subtitle: How reproductive justice will set us free um, is based off of the work I've been doing for the last several years in um, the spaces that I've created, um, where we talk about you know racism and this and that all freely, um, and you know, and even in that space, like really understanding, like to talk about that freely means that sometimes you hear about things that are really painful um, and really hurtful, and so with all that being said. Um, the book was created to, yes, center the ex- the experience of Black birthing people who are dying more than white birthing people in all the all the ways, um, and our children as well. But really, it gets into like the framework of reproductive justice. What does that mean? Um, how do we apply it to the work that we do? Um, but it takes it a step further in getting into like what is trauma. And so, I in my personal belief. I believe that, like, when we're talking about the Black perinatal health disparities, right, where um, Black birthing people are dying two to like 10 to 11, depending on where you're at, times that white, white birthing people, we know that we have technology that can save 60% of people, right? Like, we have the technology. Like, this doesn't have to be what it is. Um, but even with technology, we have to depend on people to be able to deploy that technology. Um, And so for me, I think about like racism being a trauma, and then like, how does that affect the way that people are utilizing technology, one, but two, how they're maneuvering space, right, when they're with clients, when they're with patients who are Black. So anyway, um, it gets into understanding like our personal trauma, our personal bias, our personal, you know, self, um, in order to have a, go towards a goal of collective liberation, right? So one of the things that I believe is like as a, as a birth worker or as anyone who works with anyone, it just as a person who's living, like it goes beyond birth. It's like, we have to know like, what is going on with me? Mm. <laughs> like where, where, where are my blind spots, right? Where are the things that I have to be aware of? What am I reacting out of? Am I reacting out of like the present moment? Or am I reacting out of trauma that's happened to me? Am I building, um, you know, general ideas about people? Am I building, like, you know, where where's all that coming from? If I'm talking about collective liberation, I can't leave it to the collective to heal me, right? Like, sure. but I can do my own personal work so that when I'm within the collective, I can have the capacity for what it takes to be in a collective. And like, even when we talk about like, you know, anti-racism and Reproductive justice and even though, you know, all this stuff you got going on in the world right now, specifically in the US, a lot of it is like people just holding on to their ideas because of their fear of being erased, you know, or like people just um having no capacity for difference or nuance. Right. So it's like if it's not one way, then it's not the thing. And now we can't even get past like helping people (laughs) because we're so stuck right? And this like tra- traumatic circle, this trauma cycle that we're in ourselves. Um, so it talks about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it goes into like, you know, what is collective liberation and what does that mean for us to like get there? And even when we're talking about these like systems, right? Like we talk about, you know, whether it's something the medical industrial complex or um, criminal justice system, whatever it is, those systems are made out of people, right? So like, we can't like just, we have to see the people. (laughs) Why are they making these decisions? Where are they coming from? Like what, what is going on? So anyway, it's about all those things. Um, And and it's like.
0: Question (laughs) for you, like, are all those things, I'm hearing you say like, these systems are made of people and we have to like hear, especially for like the medical industrial complex. Right. And, you know, you mentioned like, basically like the prison industrial complex, Mm -hmm. like is it kind of all under the umbrella of like us living in a capitalistic society and just everything needing to bring home the Benjamins which is why exactly yeah
1: okay yeah right like it's like these connections right and it's also this kind of like um a lot of people are doing things out of survival a lot of people are doing things because they don't know any other way to do it right like it's all this like we have to be able to sit down and I think this is kind of like a a point of tension just across like birth just anything um we have to be able to sit down and hear people even when it is something that we don't agree with even when it's something that hurts because how are we going to create dialogue how are we going to create like a a compromise we can't because everyone's just like i don't want to hear that that's just wrong right where for me i'm like i probably don't want to hear it right (laughs) like depending on a day right but like can i have capacity to, to and make space to listen to you and for us to be an actual dialogue like us just being like this like you know wanting to fight all the time it doesn't it's not getting us anywhere right and like when we're talking about specifically about black perinatal health disparities like not helping not getting better like not we have all the technology but people are not sitting down we're not having cross Disciplined conversations. We're not willing to learn from each other. We're not willing to, you know, and it's just like, what are we doing? Do you
0: ever look at yourself in the mirror and think, damn, my part is fine art? Well, Clona Willy definitely thinks so. Made in Portland, Oregon, Clona Willy makes for the most personalized sex toy on the planet, and Clona Pussy makes for the most unique memento. Their mission is to create unique, affordable, and high quality products that will not only last over the years, but provide their customers with a fun and memorable experience. Use promo code SexEd with DB20 for 20% off at clonewilly.com. Close your eyes and think of your ideal sex toy. No matter what you like, you'll find it at Fun Factory. A few things Fun Factory's toys all have in common they're 100% body safe, so your mind is free to focus on fun. They include sex educator design games to get you going. And they're made in Germany, meaning they're long lasting. You get more O's from your toy when it stays in your nightstand and out of the landfill. Follow Fun Factory on IG at Fun Factory USA and use code Sexed with DB for fifteen percent off your new favorite German vibe. Mm. So, in terms of like what birthing justice on the ground like looks like for you, for Black people, for Black mm-hmm. birthing people specifically, um, how would you like describe like the way in which we get there?
1: Yeah. So I think um, a big, so a part of like the book, um, Birth and Liberation, I talk about like these, like four principles of reproductive um, justice. And um, I'm not going to give you a whole lesson right now, but one, <laughs> one of them is centering the most marginalized. Um, and the reason for centering the most marginalized is that anytime we figure out a or solve a problem for the most impacted community, right? That's dealing with it the hardest, having the worst outcomes, that we just create solutions for everyone else right so like even in this this situation with black perinatal health disparities and we can figure out what's going on with them can you know create systems that help and it's going to be more than one system so that's another thing right like it's not going to be one way to do this in new york it may look a certain way for a different population it may look a certain way so having the capacity for like there's not one right answer but if the result is better then it's one of the solutions right so anyway and So if we center the most marginalized Black people in this space, get things together for them, pres- get these 60% of people that can be prevented, prevented, right? Like, it's only going to be much better for the community as a whole, right? And so I think, like, that's every issue, right? So when we think about reproductive justice and kind of, like, using that framework to really um, understand and, and analyze where we want to go, it's, like, the, the to me, one of the right ways to do it. So I can go to a whole lesson, but, but I think a big part of it is like, when we're talking about these issues that are coming forth, just saying, well, who is this most impacting? How are they being impacted? How do we bring them to the table for them to also explain to us their solutions? Cause they probably have the answer. Right. <laughs> right? And make, and, and follow their leadership and sprinkle. in, of course the ways that we're experts, things, the details that we can do, but like, if we bring in people that are being most affected and ask them for a solution, they probably have an answer, or can probably at least give you a lot of feedback or understanding of what the actual situation is, right? But when we're in these systems that are like, we're gonna talk about black perinatal health disparities, but we're not really gonna have too many black people at the table. It's like, why? <laughs> like what is going on there? Yeah. So now you you put this whole thing together and it doesn't deal with shit. Right. Right. It doesn't actually help the community. Like the community has not been involved in this. Like, what are you talking about? So, you know, yeah. it's that. I think that's kind of the first part. And we're talking about like aiming to do better specifically for black working people um, and just black people in general is like just ask us the questions and and pay us to do the work and like, you know, like uh, what's the word? Support the community in that effort. So, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's definitely, all wrapped up in the medical industrial complex because we think, you know, we doctors in America go to school for a long time. They're very well paid. Um, they uh wear their white coats, we depend on them for you know the right answers. We think that they are the be-all end-all of how to get healthier, how to fix our problems. And the issue with that is that like they do not share uh people's experiences usually that of the patients that they're taking care of so like mm-hmm. how could they how could they really know if they are not in that community exactly <laughs> bingo <laughs> what's his name Out. Um, right yeah i uh wow so obviously you know with the overturning of roe v wade i think we would be remiss not to mention at least um you're just discussing abortion mm-hmm. access and I know like mm-hmm. offline when you and I had chatted before you were like, okay, let's not like be stuck in the present so much with this but really let's frame it as like the future of abortion access, which I thought was a really mm-hmm. helpful frame. Um, yeah and I think for myself, like I just kind of wanted to share um a little bit about my kind of recent experience of thinking about that and really, Thinking about specifically like medication abortion and like understanding that I guess the statistics share, share show that like one in four uh, people with uteruses and women have heard of abortion medication like don't mm-hmm. like don't know like three out of four don't know that it exists and so I thought that was like a really striking fact um, and like when I was protesting in Washington Square Park like the day that. Uh, you know Roe v Wade was overturned there were still like a lot of signs um, that had like bloody hangers on them and it's I, I think we talked about this in a different episode mm-hmm. but essentially it's just interesting how there's like such a a difference of opinion between like people in the reproductive health space when it comes to that imagery And for me, like, knowing those, knowing the fact that, like, medication abortion is statistically safer than Tylenol and, like, is, like, abortion is safer than childbirth, like, really understanding that and yet knowing that three out of four people with uteruses don't know that abortion medication exists Mm-hmm. And that we are perpetuating this image of like a bloody coat hanger like from the 70s that like is not <laughs> our current reality is harmful and like really to mm-hmm. me um, when it comes to the future of abortion access like those stories and facts and statistics like are coming to mind and so I don't know I think I just wanted to name that and like for people yeah. listening to understand that
1: yeah thoughts it's a lot right <laughs> yeah so many thoughts so I think so one I think like yeah so we with this you know overturning a row right obviously very impactful um beyond just abortion access right like we see now that people who are um needing certain medications are like being blocked from getting a medication because this medication can help with an abortion and like um, you know, people that there's different procedures that are considered to be abortions that people need to save their lives beyond right. an abortion, you know, like a purpose and like not having access to those things. And like, you know, there are states where even, even though they have trigger bans or whatever, even before those things are in place, they're just preparing and just starting to shut shit down now. Right. Yep. They're scared. And so it just it's scared. Yeah, they're scared. They're scared about the legal ramifications. They're scared about like, you know, all the things. Um, and so I think like right now, like we are in a space where we have to really be mindful of this is like really a a a very traumatic experience. <laughs> like yes. it's a very traumatic collective experience too, right? And so it's very easy like when we're talking about trauma it's very easy to get caught in like a very like a cycle of like I feel upset I get you know I shut down or whatever that cycle is for you um but I feel like literally for our survival we have to think about what is the future of a, of abortion access and abortion care and so when I was writing the book Birth and Liberation and I was like you know building out like you know writing is a whole fucking thing first of <laughs> all like I can't believe my book is like Currently, like, out of my hands, like, <gasps> wow, whatever. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, it's like, out of my hands, copy editing, they're about to, like, whatever, like, it's a whole thing. But anyway, at the end of the book, after I wrote out, like, all the things that were in my brain, I was like, oh, I have created a, a new framework that is built off reproductive justice for sure. Um, and it's called birth neoterrorism. And the ways that is reproductive reproductive justice as the foundation But it also includes like these like building a personal ongoing um, healing, like trauma healing process with yourself as like part of the work, right? (laughs) Um, It's also about like thinking about innovation and and putting like ideas to paper and making them happen as a part of the work. Because when we talk about like right now, right, with this overturning row, of course, we can have conversations about like how terrible it is because it is right. And that can't be missed but people are still going to be needing abortions. They're still going to be looking for an abortion, right? So how do we, that won't stop. So how do we want the future of abortion to look? So one of the things that you mentioned was like, you know, three out of four people don't know about medication abortion. So my question is like, okay, well, what do we need to innovate or put out into the world so that more people have more access to this information, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's there. Um, Another thing too, when I think about like birth neo-terrorism and just the future of abortion is um, we have to start to begin to divest from the medical industrial complex. And that doesn't mean all the way, like, I'm not telling someone like, oh my gosh, go from like going to the doctor and just using herbs as I a mean. Like, if you need some medicine, I understand. Go <laughs> get that you out know of it. You what them. I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you need an x-ray, go get that popping. Right. But it's also, it's about what is your personal relationship to that system and how do you divest and start to invest in our community healers who have been doing this work prior to the medical industrial complex being built, right? So like for abortion care, like before, you know, hospitals and it became this very like, you know, go into the hospital, go into the clinic, whatever thing, we were getting the job done, right? right. We were getting the job done and not like, not in the traumatic, like hang- yeah, hangers were happening, you know what I'm saying? But right. there was things, there was herbs, there was ways of doing things that, were to be, um, that were healthy, safe. People were doing their thing. It was just a part of the system. You get what I'm saying? Like, so as like people thinking about the future, I'm thinking about education, getting that out there. I'm thinking about access to other pathways, um, to accessing abortion, whether that is like someone assisting like travel, like just to get to a clinic or whether it is someone taking a different type of modality to get to the same result. Right. Um, and then it's also, this other piece um around like building newer systems, right different different systems of of care and different systems of not only education about medication abortions, but learning your body, right. So this thing that I'm working on now is like learning your algorithm, mm. right? Because there's some people in this world, and this is just like a very specific um, example there's people in this world where like soon as they get pregnant, they know that they're pregnant. They're like, the sperm went in, I'm pregnant. Like they know, right? <laughs> like, Cause this is level of embodiment that they have. But like they know a little twinge is off. This is the pregnancy twinge and like, and but then that person who has that awareness early on, they're able to use things such as herbal abortion options or medication, abortion options or whatever the case it is. Right now, a part of our world because of capitalism because of all this other bullshit whatever we're just all disembodied like a lot of us are disembodied right Mm. and a lot of us are not in tune with our bodies not in tune with our bodies right and like a lot of us are and not, not because of our own fault but because like you're trying to get up you gotta go to work you gotta help with the kids you gotta get this you gotta do this you got this stress that stress that stress right so there's like a purposeful intention behind like capitalism and all that to keep you outside of yourself mm. right because if you're outside of yourself then you don't you're not aware of the power that you have inside so oh that gave me uh full body chills yeah <laughs> <laughs> <So, like, laughs> So like this level of disembodiment has been beneficial for these systems to continue, right? Like, but now looking at the future of abortion access, looking at the future, just our bodily autonomy, it's like, how do we return to ourselves? How do we return back to these, these systems of knowing, right? And I think for some people it's gonna be simple. Like, I don't wanna say simple, but it's gonna be like, some people are like, I'm tracking my cycle, right? But for some some people like cycle tracking is not what it is. Sometimes it's like, I'm tracking my, how I feel based on the moon. I'm tracking how I based on what I eat. I'm tracking on like, I'm, I'm tracking like when someone walks in the room, what is the energy that I feel from them? What is my body telling me about this person? Right. And I think like, we need to get back to that. Like we have to get back to that. Like embodiment, especially for people of color, our embodiment is going to be our ways for survival. It's like, it's how we survive. It's how we move. Like we can't unfortunately this can depend on medical spaces who who by the way have so much data on our bodies that is wild Mm. you know like when we think about just data collection in general from the way the apps that we use to the whoever the whatever it's just like people have so much data and can tell us like on our phones what we're gonna like oh yeah it's scary They they know exactly who you are right but we can't tell anything about ourselves yeah wow
0: That is really fascinating. Yeah. I love this piece on like getting back in your body. Like, I just feel like you're, you're totally right. Like it's so easy every day to just put your phone in your face and just like scroll and like answer your emails and like do, especially with the pandemic, like all of us are on our technology more and more is really hard and we couldn't leave the house. There's a lot of panic and like really putting something in place every day, even if it's for five minutes, like going outside if you can, or like sitting in your space and just like noticing your thoughts, like meditation sure. or like things of that
1: nature. And like in whatever ways like works for you. Right. And I think like that's also a big thing. Cause I think like um especially like our spirituality world, whatever, mm. it has definitely been like really drowned in whiteness sometimes. Mm. So like yes. a, you know like it becomes like this kind of um these systems that don't really, uh, connect to everybody. <laughs> so people get kind of, like, even meditation in itself, it doesn't always work for everyone. Not everyone could sit down and be right. like, let me think about like you, your meditation may be walking, your meditation may be dancing, your meditation may be writing, your meditation may be having sex with somebody that you really like care about and like seeing what the vibes are, you know? So it's like, we need to get down to that. And like, I think it it seems like for some people it's like, how does that connect to abortion? But it's like this abortion issue is not just about abortion. It's about control, yes, right? It's about like leading the society in a direction that, you know, whoever and whatever wants people to be led into. So it's like in order for us to really think about that, like our ideas of abortion access and abortion, it's like, how do we break these? Like, what what is liberation for us, right? And like, how do you find liberation even in your daily existence, right? And maybe that liberation process looks like educating people about medical abortions who don't usually have access to that right but you have the privilege the time and the awareness to do that that is a liberatory practice right you know what i'm saying so it's like this like abortion abortion conversation the future of it is really tied into like our bodily autonomy our definition of liberation our ability to practice it while also being aware of ourselves our needs for our sustainability right so you can go out there and start educating you know a thousand people this week but you're probably going to be too tired to do it for another three or four months because a thousand people a week is too much you get know what i'm saying
0: right but could you do Staying 50
1: it. people yeah could you do 50 people a week while also maintaining your own trauma that you're dealing with because of this shit yeah <laughs> right well like, also like you know doing what you gotta do for yourself but that 50 people they're going to come with some information that is coming from a place of like centeredness wholeness you're going to come with embodiedness right and they're going to be able to kind of feel that and want to mimic that and then they're going to create sustainable practices themselves right and then some of those people will probably become educators themselves like this is like liberatory practices that help build collective liberation instead of i'm acting from a place of trauma so now i'm out here trying to save everyone i'm doing all the things i've been doing everything i've been protesting i've been sending out this i've been creating zines i've been doing this and now two months into it, I'm so burnt out. Yeah. Can't do it.
0: Yeah. I totally hear you. You got to sustain yourself for sure. Yeah. Um, Especially now, right? Like they're- It's not like this is a temporary ban. No, it's certainly not. I mean, we're going to have to figure out how to sustain ourselves and our communities. And again, like people have been doing this for a very long time. Like abortion funds have been running for a very long time. Like don't reinvent Mm -hmm. the wheel. I like, I feel Mm -hmm. like I try to hammer home, like volunteer your time, donate your dollars and inform your communities. And like that's kind of where, where you should be headed.
1: Yeah, when people are like, what should I like look into your community? People are probably doing the work already 9 times out of 10. Yes. So just help them do the work. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. and expand the work and 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 it's like it's such a it's instead of like I have like a section in my book like it's like you know, instead of reinventing, just reinvest, you know, mm, like that's good. Just where did you have your money before? Take it out of it and reinvest it into the community. And I think like this the thing that I see I don't say as a benefit of like overturning Roe because I don't mean that in that way, but I feel like it really is pushing us back to you know what are people doing in the community? We're the community healers, right? Because the community healers are around, they just haven't been able to sustain, right? right? Because they also have bills, they're also working in capitalism, they're also doing these things, but it's so many people around us with so much wisdom, whether it's our elders, and people that you know have this education or whatever. There are so many systems of care that is that really like gives us our bodily autonomy and gives us our control and like builds this capacity but we have to reinvest into these people we can't say oh you're a community healer do this shit for free right because we don't live in a free world (laughs) you know what i'm saying so like we have to like as we're looking into like moving beyond this and and really being in a post ro America right for god knows how long it could be 50 years it could be 20 who knows right like how do we want? How do we want to like create avenues and pathways to care? And how are we going to be telling our children about it, right? Because this is, it just changes the conversation right. for a lot of people, right? Like if you think about it, before it was like, like my mom took me to the clinic and told me at fourteen you can get birth control. That might not be the, the option reality. for some people, right? Like, so what are we telling about like their communal resources? What are we telling them about how they can track their cycle and understand their fertility, right? What are we like? These are the things that we have to be talking about as far as like building a future now that we're in this post rural America. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Um, yeah. Savior, um, you're so cool. I'm sure you get that all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, I learned a lot from you today. So thank you so much for being on. I would love to hear. Um, like, what's next for you and and where folks can follow you if they want to see your work?
1: Man, what's next for me? Um, so, you know, I'm always working on a thousand things. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but really, a, a big focus is obviously um, I've been right now, I'm really in like content creation mode, like really just getting some things out on my website, some re-energizing some things um, and also building a lot of new things so um, like I said like birth neoterrorism thinking about the future thinking about you know new models of care thinking about education opportunities how do we make that accessible um, is really where I'm focusing a lot of my attention um, how do we like build these relationships with ourselves to like trauma healing like that's a lot of what I'm doing because I really want I understand that as we move forward like you know, I, I'm a powerhouse, like, I love, like, I love this shit, right, <laughs> like, but it takes more than me to move for it, right, like, it, it's so many people who are presently doing the work too, like, bomb ass people that I'm a community with, but we also need more, right, right, so my, my kind of, like, mission is to educate those people, to support those people, to um, create space for innovation. So I'm like literally working on like innovation labs and all this sort other of stuff. Like I'm just, I'm all over the place, but it's going to make sense. I promise you. <laughs> it you. It, it's going to make sense. Um, And these are things I was like starting to work on like beginning of this year before all this like rose shit was popping. Um, but yeah, like I am here. I am around. You can always look at like my Instagram, saveyourweight or com to see like all of my businesses and whatever. Um, but yeah, like, I am just, like, being a voice for the future of, like, what we're moving into. Um, and also, you know, always doing my education for the doulas and the people who are doing the work now and supporting them. Um, but just making sure that we keep focused on, like, what do we want for our children? What do we want for ourselves? What do we want as, like, we move through these laws and bullshit systems, but understanding that we're still going to be here. So <laughs> If we're still going to be here, yeah. <laughs> how do we want to navigate the things that are existing?
0: Ah, oh, so incredible. Um, Sabia, thank you so much for being on today. It's been such a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Thank you for bringing me on. Thank you for allowing this conversation to happen. And thank you for, I know that y'all also have done a lot of work and conversation around uh, specifically this abortion topic. Um, so thanks for bringing it out because that's part of the future, right? It's like making this information accessible.
0: In a world that constantly encourages you to change, it's bold to just be yourself. Sexual expression and satisfaction are different for everybody. So rather than conforming to others, focus on falling in love with who you are. Lion's Den Sources is the very best products to help you find what you like and help you feel confident expressing your sexual desires. You can get 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB to begin exploring everything about yourself. Follow Lions Den on social, at Lions Den Adult on Instagram and TikTok. Let's talk about lube and condoms. Something important to know is that oil-based lube is not to be used with condoms because the oil can cause the condom to break or tear, which would defeat the purpose of using it. Thank goodness for UberLube. Uberlube is latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. But wait, there's more. Dispensing two drops of Uberlube inside a condom and a measured pump outside will increase pleasure. What are you waiting for? Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Seven years ago, I was gifted my first ever vibrator. It was a rabbit vibe, and I was immediately in love with it and the pleasure it gave me. Having a bit of experience with rabbit vibes over the last seven years, I am absolutely stoked to tell you about an amazing one from Fun Factory. Miss Buy from Fun Factory is the dual vibrator you've been dreaming of, with a powerful German-engineered motor that gives you super strong vibrations. Follow Fun Factory on IG at Fun Factory USA, and use code SEXED with DB for 15% off your new favorite German rabbit vibe. Our creator, host, EP, and sound engineer is me, Danielle Bezalow, a.k.a. DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds, and our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, Follow us on IG at SexEdWithDB Podcast and on TikTok at SexEdWithDB. See you next time.